0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we're here today for more B-Sides, everybody's favorite B-Sides. I know they're everybody's favorite because we get the most email about them. No, we don't. That's a lie. I was going to say, are you sure it's
1: everybody's favorite?
0: <laughs> I don't know if anybody's favorite. I, I, this might be episodes that people skip, for all I know. Then again, maybe the main episodes are... Maybe, yes, maybe people just skip all the episodes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But yeah, we got a whole slate of books to talk about, so... Some of which are going to take
0: less than a minute. (laughs) Yeah,
1: some of them uh, arguably aren't really worth mentioning, but uh, (laughs) I guess we'll mention them anyways.
0: But that's what we're here for.
1: One of those issues, however, is Excalibur... Wait, one of those issues... One of those that is not that... God darn it. Excalibur number 47 (laughs) is an issue of a comic book. (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) And, uh... It's it's uh, it's a book. It's got a good cover. It's, I mean, it's Alan Davis,
0: right? So it's, not on par as Excalibur has been lately, in my opinion. But I, it's doing a lot of house cleaning. So I'm yeah. sure next issue, it's going to be great.
1: So it's all the Excalibur members on a chessboard. Um, and this chessboard will uh, prominently be featured within this issue. And we're going to talk about it. But... Before we get to the chessboard, uh, remember Kylon showed up and then some other dudes showed up and TechNet jumped into and fight, or fought rather. Big misunderstanding it turns out because the person that came through the portal to, to fight with them is um, some lady. Um, Cerise, a Cer- warrior Cer- of the Grand Jar.
0: And, and she introduces herself several times in this issue and it becomes jokey. We also, uh, the the way that the battle that was about to happen actually stopped was um the dragon lady oh yeah has and the accountant from technet
1: numbers and a numbers, dragon
0: um had like a million to have half, half and half babies so right they're all little dragons with numbers eyes
1: yeah they're 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 parents now and yes the the little babies stop stop the fighting and it's enough time for nightcrawler to be like hey this is probably a misunderstanding and the cerise will find out her name she's speaking in a different language but then it uh eventually works its way over to english and she's like hey forgive me
0: here i am this one's titled come one and all to the ugly bug-eyed monster ball which i'm yep. assuming is reference to the all the little babies with bug eyes
1: Alan Davis, writer, Penciler, Mark Farmer's anchor, Michael Heisler's the letter. Excalibur was created by Chris Claremont and Alan Davis. Reading these out of order. Glynis Oliver's the colorist. Uh, Terry Cavanaugh's the editor. Uh, and Tom DeFalco's the editor-in-chief.
0: There's a funny moment where Cerise asks, well, what, are the, what does the dominant species on this world look like? And Nightcrawler kind of looks around at everybody in the room and says, well, you're the one that looks the most like the people on the dominant species.
1: We do get not that I'm going to go through it, but we do get a reintroduction to all of the TechNet characters, which I think is funny because uh, we never remember their names, but but they are here <laughs> if they need to be referenced ever.
0: And I it's, think that's why we get that reference is because nobody remembers their names.
1: Yeah, and I think by the end of the ish, issue, it probably isn't going to matter much, but I guess we'll see as time goes on.
0: I mean, they maybe they'll maybe they'll be back. Nope, spoilers. Yes, spoilers. Uh, Brian Braddock, meanwhile, is in Otherworld and sits down to play chess with some random old man who knew, claims to have known his father and who tells him that Excalibur, I almost said X-Factor, has been manipulated uh, this whole time from issue one by Roma and he sort of connects the dots in a retconny sort of way, um, which is fine. I don't know. Do
1: you think it's Red Connie? I mean, it kind of. Kinda-
0: well, it 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 implies something that was there that probably wasn't really there, right? May I mean, it's not a it's not like a like a terrible one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, different events weren't created to make the story work. And really, the story is is like everything that has happened was to get Excalibur together. You none of you in Excalibur, and maybe everywhere has been in control of your actions it's all been preordained and then uh, for a couple of pages here which i thought was kind of neat we walk through the events of uh, x-men's fall of the mutants leading up to nightcrawler and kitty and how everybody ended up in england um, fighting off the original technet Uh, technet was never meant to connect uh, uh, get phoenix uh, or to succeed in their mission and uh, yeah it was all led to um, form the team
0: we do get a confirmation finally that Roma is Roma. Yeah. Which is we always we were always unsure because the design is so different.
1: It is. Yeah, we want uh I was pretty sure that this Roma was the Roma and you were like, I don't know, because it's a different design, which was true, but this this confirms everything.
0: Yes, this Roma is the Roma from Mount Uncanny X Men and um so that Roma must have been Merlin's daughter as well.
1: Right. So, Brian Brett, and Brian has been um, cursed with the—I can't remember what the
0: curse is—but it's like he's clumsy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because I don't recall this ever happening in X Men or Excalibur up to now.
1: Um, I think it's more just Alan Davis is—he's doing a thing, whatever the thing is—and part of it is, is that.
0: To explain why Brian's been such a jerk? Some of that, I
1: think, but also some of, like, why has Brian arguably not been the most effective character?
0: Okay.
1: I think, right? Because he, you know, he flies off the handle, he runs off solo. Um, I was always under the impression that Captain Britain was the leader of the team, but, you know, as we've read all this stuff, it doesn't really <laughs> seem like that's the case. So I guess it's been preordained. That all these events would happen, and Brian was cursed by I think Merlin or Roma for the the we'll find we'll see the name, but it was like the the clumsy curse or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's not uh, the clumsy
1: curse, but it was something. That we'll we'll we'll
0: find it. It's, it's it's Roma that did it. Yeah.
1: So Brian's like, I'm so angry about this. I'm gonna go talk to Roma, and her floating citadel is is here in other worlds. So he flies up there. This man who was playing chess. Um, and was kind of doing this exposition dump, he morphs into what I'm guessing is probably Merlin, but he morphs into a different dude in shadow, so taller and skinnier.
0: I'm assuming it's Merlin as well, which Brian Brian doesn't see. Blunder factor.
1: Blunder factor. Eh, Clumsy curse.
0: I I like the word, or I like the uh, combination of words, blunder factor. Sure. Nicely. It's very nice.
1: Blunder factor. Blunder factor. So back in our reality, um, we find that Cerise was just flying around the galaxy, and she got knocked off course, and she doesn't know where she is. She can't recognize the star patterns, so she doesn't know how to get home.
0: Yeah, I kind of glossed over this page. I don't remember anything that happened here. Uh, Widget's head pops off for some reason, and he starts eating stuff. Is uh, he hungry?
1: I thought, and maybe I missed it too, but... I- I thought this was going to lead to something, or maybe he makes a portal at the end of the issue. But at the end of last issue, I think everybody was laughing at this little makeshift body he made. So he pops his little head off this makeshift body and then starts eating stuff. Whatever, yeah. for whatever reason he's doing that, it doesn't pay off.
0: It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It, it just seems like Alad Davis drew that.
1: Yeah. I'm going to hold out hope. Even though I read this yesterday, that he makes the portal at the end of the issue, but I I don't remember. So let's let's put a pin in that, and we'll tag up when we get there.
0: So a bunch of other people show up, and some a whole group of new aliens and whatnot. And um, Nightcrawler says, I, "This is getting silly." And uh, we assume that there's going to be a fight, but there isn't. And we cut to Brian Braddock breaking into the Starlight Citadel because he wants to talk to Roma. Uh, Saturnine gets notified that uh, Brian is there, so she's going to deal with him. She's with some dude. I don't know why that's important. but
1: Well, I think it's just establishing she's a powerful woman. She gets what she wants, and she only takes what she wants when she wants it. Because this guy's like, I'll wait. And she's like, ah, no, I'll send for you if I wish to see you again. Okay. I think that's what it's... I mean b- we're we're burning some pages here. Like we get a whole page of Brian beating up these guards. We get this kind of half page of uh Saturnine kind of getting dressed from her encounter with this with this man. Um and then finally Brian breaks into the, the Citadel to meet up with Roma.
0: And talks to Roma for a very long time, in which she kind of confirms everything that uh he had just been talking with the old man. Also she is standing in front of a chessboard.
1: That has a bunch of That's- Excalibur folks. Um, chessboard. Yeah. Excalibur folks facing one direction. There's an ape dude. Looks like an ape dude, anyways, F- sitting down cross legged facing the other direction. I don't know if that's important. And then it looks like in the background, you've got Alistair, what's his face, and Kitty kind of off to the side, which makes sense because they're on like a side quest right now.
0: Somebody else is standing next to Brian Braddock or uh, Captain Britain facing the other way as well.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like a. It looks like he has a an X on his chest. So he might be like a, a different reality. Captain, Britain, Captain maybe. Britain, maybe unconfirmed, but yes.
0: Also, did we mention that when the, the character that Brian was talking to before was also playing chess?
1: I think I did. But if, if I didn't, uh, he was playing chess.
0: So Merlin and Roma both sit around chess boards. Yep.
1: Uh, and that, that Merlin guy had invited Brian to play chess and Brian's like, I don't play games. And he's like you should because your li- whole life is controlled by a chessboard, and that led into that whole conversation.
0: There is a whole side thing about Merlin isn't dead, which refers back to one of the Excalibur graphic novels that we covered, um, in which Roma just kind of says, "Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't Merlin," which is fine because none of those graphic novels feel especially in canon,
1: right? We'll call those Earth-615. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I, I guess they are in canon if they're referring to them here, but they also kind of don't matter. Yeah. Sort of the way the annuals don't really matter. Yeah. there are stories that happen but don't have any major influence on the major storylines.
1: Right. Roma confirms that her father died, uh, as you mentioned, and uh, then she goes through and then recalls some events. One of them is a couple, maybe a couple issues ago. I guess the, this would be... The precursor to Brian breaking Nightcrawler's legs, but where uh, Nightcrawler and Megan are doing some trapeze stuff. There's a there's a panel where Brian says, "And that's not Megan. She's all wrong." And she's kind of floating. I feel like it's miscolored. I feel like she should be colored blue because that's kind of what happened in that issue.
0: So these are Brian's memories uh-huh. that they're through, and they are they're all wrong. Yeah. So. I think the well, Roma, Roma keeps saying every time they come to a different memory. She goes, well, keep going. I'm, I'm getting more information about this yeah. to tr- figure out how your, your mind has been manipulated somehow." So it was, it was sort of confusing. Yeah, because none of this stuff is actually what happened, but it's also kind of interesting. But
1: well, him saying like that's not Megan. She's all wrong. When you see the drawing of her, that is Megan. She's not all wrong, but in the context of the memory, she's wrong.
0: I think maybe the goofy face is all wrong. <laughs> I... you know, Megan never has that kind of a like uh, Emma Frost style face. But yeah, you, I you, I think you are right that she is in the actual memory. She would be blue.
1: Yeah, that's why I didn't know if it was
0: miscolored. Um... Well, that was that was Kurt's dream. So, oh yeah, good point. It was. It wouldn't be. So I don't think this is that. This I think this goes back even further to some other time that they were messing about in the, the Excalibur jungle gym.
1: There's a, a line here where he says, I congratulated them on their initiative towards teamwork and, wait, that's crazy. I've always been against any regimen of training routines.
0: Right. So just another instance of his memory being incorrect. Okay. So it's it's weird that his – these are his memories, but they're also not – like he recognizes that they're not right, mm-hmm. which is strange.
1: We get uh, another memory of a Megan Monster fighting Captain Britain, which I think happened, but maybe not like this. Uh, Alistair talking to a big fat guy. I don't remember that.
0: I don't – yeah. None of this happened, so.
1: Okay. I mean there was a, a Megan Monster thing that happened a few issues ago, I
0: there was, yeah. Uh, wasn't that when She Hulk guest starred?
1: <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't remember.
0: I can't remember. Uh, then we cut to the events of, of the Merlin and the, uh, the graphic novel that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Some, someone named Emma Collins is there, but Brian says she can't be there. She's dead. Pewter mm-hmm. computer is wrong. The mastermind computer is a living mass of organic cir- circuitry. Um, Miro led us into a weird exorcism and we cured Megan. Okay, So I guess this is all just recalling the events of the graphic novel. I don't know. I don't know either.
1: I <laughs> kind of spaced on
0: much of what happened
1: in that graphic novel.
0: I mean, I was, yeah, same. Um, I was, I thought this was all neat, but I didn't realize what it was referring to. But now I think, now I'm thinking all of these are from the graphic novel, which they reference in a thing at the bottom. Uh, but they just say, in this year's Excalibur Special Edition. So that doesn't really help. It wasn't Weird War, because that was the Hiller one. Uh, yeah, I don't remember.
1: So were Nightcrawler and Megan doing a routine in that?
0: Maybe that's how it started.
1: I don't, yeah, maybe I don't remember. Neither of us
0: are going to go back and look realistically. So maybe I'll look after the show. But probably not, because I'll probably forget. Um, Got a lot to cover.
1: <laughs> if I had it. No, and I don't. So, no, we're not going to look it up. Moving on. Uh, let's see, where? Where? Okay, so Saturnine shows up. She's got a big gun. And she's like, get away from her. Or I'm going to blow you away. And Captain Britain kind of walks up and uh, bends the gun. Just do as you're told
0: and keep quiet. I'm talking to your boss. Roma's like, lower your weapon. You exceed your authority. Roma surmises that Whoever is manipulating Captain Britain's memory is just making a power play to show that she's doing the. Whoever it is is doing all this stuff without Roma's knowledge.
1: Hmm. So Captain Britain kicks the chessboard and all the pieces; they all go shattering and flying.
0: He's like, "Stop being like Merlin. Merlin was awful. Be normal and get rid of this blunder jinx. Saturnine says, I didn't realize you could be so forceful. I've so misjudged you.
1: And she's kind of coming on to him a little bit. And he's like, yep, you have. And he walks away and then says, please move this blunder jinx from me. I'd like to go home. So I think, again, wrapping up and finishing the sort of false start Saturnine. uh, Who was the other lady? Uh, Courtney Ross storyline? Yeah. Is that her name?
0: Courtney Ross? I think ultimately we're starting a new chapter. And we're just trying to wrap everything up so that we can move on to just new stories
1: yes yeah, so alan is, davis is is getting rid of the baggage that may or may not be sort of plaguing the ongoing just, story which it, is
0: like a thing that he doesn't have to do right but i guess he just feels like i'm I mean, fine with it and I don't, I don't have a problem with it it's just kind of you you could just move into the stories and not worry about this <laughs> that's not how comics works realistically because you have everybody in there writing their letters and...
1: Oh, right.
0: I got a no prize. Right. Uh, Captain Britain, his blunder factor, uh, it seems to have disappeared. (laughs) I mean, I think
1: we're introducing blunder jinx here and then we're solving blunder jinx here. Yeah, So maybe, yeah, maybe this, maybe the Alan Davis wants to do something different with Captain Britain.
0: How come Captain Britain isn't clumsy
1: anymore? Exactly. And so this is the story to... Dissuade all the no prizes, which right, whatever. Okay, so these dudes show up uh, at at Earth six one six in the in the lighthouse, and as you mentioned, they it looked like they were about to start fighting, uh, but they don't because he's like, hey, uh, they're all friends with the TechNet guys, and I guess through some different language, they're like, hey, TechNet has been banished, but you can join us and no longer be TechNet, and then you can come with us, and so then they leave. Yeah. Just like that, yeah. and it's it's fine. And I, I think I get why Alan Davis is doing this. He's got all of these characters, and they're all wacky and crazy, and hanging out in the lighthouse. He's probably like, I don't I don't want to do it. like this is done. Like let's just get them out of here. Um, they exist, right? So they could always come back. Um, yeah. So whatever. But they're they're no longer something that we have to deal with. Kylan stays, so that he'll he'll be a, a factor here.
0: Nightcrawler does say oh uh, what about Joy Boy? And uh Oh yeah. They're like, Well, we'd like to deal with that, but we don't have time. <laughs> oh, and then yeah, this
1: other dude, I can't remember his name, he says, uh, well, we're we're off. Um uh, there's a ninety eight point seven three percent probability that this earth will cease to exist in the next seventy two hours. Goodbye, Nightcrawler, thanks for everything. When they're gone, Nightcrawler's like, huh, seventy eight dollars.
0: And then uh, Megan and Rachel show up, and then Cerise and Kylan start to introduce themselves to them. And then Brian shows up, and Cerise and Kylan start to introduce themselves to them. And it's somewhat funny. Um, I'm Cerise, warrior of the Grand Jar. She, she does that a couple, couple of times. times. Yeah. Um. Brian and Megan kiss, and Brian apologizes to Kurt. Right. right. Kurt says...
1: I will forgive you for a suitably large sum of money. Which feels out of character for Nightcrawler, unless he's making a funny. I think he's making a funny. Probably. And Kylon is like, I'm Kylon. He's like, what superpowers do you have? Uh, Well, uh, enough of this. We should be trying to find Necrom. And then Megan, Brian, and Rachel are like, Necrom?
0: So Nightcrawler explains the last couple of issues to Excalibur, presumably off-panel. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have a couple of things going on. We Also have,
1: mentions that the destruction of Earth
0: is within the next 78 hours. So we have that. We have the Necrom situation with Kylan. We have whatever Cerise is there for. I guess they're going to help her get back home. So already we got three storylines. And now we cut to Ireland where we get our fourth storyline.
1: Uh, oh, I, oh, I got confused. It says Ireland, County Silgo. I thought this was a cute play on like they're in Ireland County, but no, it's, it's
0: I think up. it's a county of Ireland, Ireland called yeah. Sligo. Yes, but I, I don't know.
1: I think that's what it is. I think I misread it earlier because you remember when they you know, they did the whole storm thing. She was in Cairo, Illinois, not Cairo, Egypt. But I don't right. think this is a case of that. They are so in
0: here, Ireland. wherever this is. We have Kitty and um, Alistair Stewart working with a bunch of scientists in orange jackets.
1: They have like a giant stethoscope thing on the ground, essentially, hooked yeah. up to some computers, uh, doing some measurements, and they figure out that there's a cube, a chamber, 10 meters high, 10 meters wide, 10 meters across. No connecting passages, but there's something else. There's a figure in there, and it's moving around.
0: So it's good that they have uh, Kitty Pride there, because she can probably just go in.
1: Yeah, phase down there. It's also good with computers, which is what this is all hooked up to. Yeah. I initially, uh, and I looked ahead, um, I was like, oh, remember when Magneto was like trapped in the center of the earth for a little while? I was was like, are they going to make this Magneto? Like he actually never did actually get out. This is him. And this is how we're going to revive Magneto. Oh, that'd be interesting. (laughs) It's not.
0: No, I wouldn't think so. (laughs) Real deep cut. Uh, Next issue, Irish Stew. So that's that that's Excalibur number 47.
1: So yep. Ending a chapter, starting a new
0: one. House cleaning.
1: House cleaning. It's a fine issue. Um felt a little fillery uh, in places, but still I mean it had all most of the Alan Davis quality artwork. Um wasn't wasn't a boring read. So it was it was fine. I, I say filler as lovingly as possible.
0: Yeah. It it was it was setting up the stakes for the next couple of issues and then we have
1: x-force <laughs> um i i just have to mention this on the cover of this x-force issue it's bothered me ever since the issue came out um cable's gun has like a weird bend from the front to the back if you look at it from a per- perspective standpoint the the little little rectangular barrel at the very tip of it Feels like it should be angled slightly down.
0: So I feel like anytime you see stuff like that, it's because the artist is trying to draw motion. Yeah, but doesn't know how.
1: Right. I get what he's going for.
0: Um, it's just it's it's not good.
1: But the cable's face is is great. I like it's a great cable face overall. Yeah, this cover's all right. Um, when you start looking at the arms and stuff, things start to fall apart but
0: you you see what he's going for it's the same as always i mean life is consistent he does good faces he does somewhat good bodies until you get to the limbs (laughs) yeah Um, yeah. his proportions are always ridiculously terrible
1: and i really like how he draws boom boom on this cover or throughout this issue
0: but his perspectives are usually way off um cable's got some massive pouches they're not they they're not just regular sized little pouches anymore. Now they're extra large pouches.
1: I mean, you gotta give it to him. He's like, I'm gonna go for this, even though I don't quite know how to.
0: And then he did, and he got paid for it. So <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's the winner. I mean, yeah, we're not gonna say or claim that Rob Liefeld is not in any way, shape, or form a success story. It's <laughs> probably still quite wealthy. Probably, I, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, he's still he's still creating comics, isn't he?
0: I believe so. Yeah. So, I couldn't tell you what they are, but
1: Probably something for Image Yeah,
0: I think he does covers for Marvel now Oh, occasionally. sure
1: Well, anyways, this uh,
0: this issue is an issue of X-Force As of we X-Force. suspected, it was just another fighting issue um, and, it, and, it, and it's a fighting issue so boring that Rob Blyfeld got tired of it And didn't even finish the issue And halfway through the issue, he just changes and does a completely different story yes not even rob liefeld is interested in this
1: and you know what's interesting it'll be it'll it'll be fun to sort of track this i feel like this might be his last fully penciled issue because i was i I was looking ahead and he pencils like half the next issue and then like every other issue after that's basically like plots and like a couple of panels and it's all done by um, other folks i think next issue is mostly done by mike mignola Believe so, yeah. But uh, so, anyways, yeah, they 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 fight. Uh, really, the only couple of interesting things is one of these characters. I can't remember her name, Fantasia, or I can't remember Fantasia. her name. One of these characters, I think it's Fantasia, is um, oh shoot, the the Wolf Lady's
0: sister. Oh, that's uh, that's Thorn Feral. Oh,
1: th- Thorn and yeah, okay, Thorn is Farrell's sister. They were both Morlocks that's kind of interesting. The other interesting thing is Rob Liefeld or Fabian Dessia, probably probably Rob Liefeld decided to m- modify toad's powers to give him sort of like a um paralyzing um slimy secretion, which I'm fine with. I you know, we're we're getting pretty close to secondary mutations and stuff. Does help to make toad a little bit more formidable, which they even mention here like Siren's like you're toad like Nobody cares about you and he's like, Yeah, well some things have changed and he excretes some stuff on her and I think her mouth is stuck in a position now where she can't can't use her power.
0: Well then he gets shot in the back by Shatter Star. Yeah. But does of an issue to go grab buttons. A gun. That's right. He's
1: fighting with his swords, he's not making any traction. There's a lot of like I'm gonna I'm gonna cut your head off and then he like just kinda he, he stabs Sauron off well, panel.
0: Yeah, exactly. The action of this issue is all off-panel, and it's weird because you can't ever tell what's going on. There's never in this issue an action panel where you can decipher what's actually happening.
1: Right. This one is, so let me cleave your head off at the neck, off-panel, shrieked. But then on-panel, it's Shatterstar uh, flying down. He says, height by Gridley 8, which I don't know if that's his... Measurement, but whatever. That so, aside.
0: So, that meant either. What I'm, what I'm guessing it meant is that he's, he's measuring how far he is away from the ground. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then you see Sauron up there. His head is clearly not cleaved off at the neck. Shatterstar
0: is no longer has his swords. Right. So you, you see him again. He'll have his swords again.
1: We could assume that the swords are in Sauron, although we don't see the swords in Sauron. We don't see any blood in Sauron. So we really don't know what... Shatterstar did to Sauron, right? It would be better if Shatterstar had said, "I'm going to cut your head off," or whatever he says there. And Sauron, you see, just kind of brush him aside or whatever. His swords get knocked off, and and then he has to like, well, shoot, I got to change my my strategy. I got to go, got to go find find the repository, the the cache of weapons, and then we see him come back with guns later.
0: Can you imagine getting this page, like being <laughs> Fabian Nicieza and getting this page and being like, Rob? I, I don't know what's happening here. I don't know, man. It's I got to a close-up, and then Shatterstar runs away. Yes,
1: but Fabian Nacizia was the guy that wrote, so let me cleave your head off at the neck, instead of saying right. anything else of like, oh, he's, he's, he's too agile for me. I got to change strategies. And then he jumps off of, like, that could have worked. But uh, Yeah,
0: whatever. Uh, anything else would have worked.
1: I think they're both culpable. Rob Liefeld turned in a page that makes no sense. Fabian Nicesia wrote words that make no sense.
0: It's true. <laughs> something that clicked with me that I had forgotten about is like last issue, I was unsure why the Morlocks were so annoyed with X-Force. And we had speculated that it had something to do with Feral's sister, Thorne. Mm-hmm. But I had forgotten that in the pages of New Mutants, uh, didn't Cable... Or was that in X-Force? Mm-hmm. Cable uh, threatened Mask that if they ever bumped into each other again, he was going to kill them. Maybe. I'd forgotten about that. So this this is kind of continuing that, which is good. Good on you. Okay. I'd forgotten, but okay.
1: <laughs> There's a very silly panel on page seven, a uh, pinup basically of the X- X-Force team, it's really bad. Um, it took me a minute. I'm like, the perspectives are all wrong. But I realized then they're actually standing on some stairs. It's still kind of bad. And, and, and that's what's funny about it is
0: that Rob Liefeld, must, somebody must have said something or he must have realized like, oh, all these guys are like different heights. <laughs> I just put them on a, I'll just on. just put them on some stairs. Right. And it doesn't – it seems like an afterthought because Farrell is somehow in front of the stairs I, but still I think in, she, in she, midair. She's like – Squatting, I think, on the on the railing. She's not though, because I know. <laughs> I mean, her butt might be on the railing.
1: <laughs> it definitely was like somebody or he decided at the last minute, like, hmm, I got to put some stairs here. And it doesn't really help because cable is still
0: gigantic. Domino is pretty big for for where she would be located on the stairs. Yeah. It's like there's a bunch of giants, and it's otherwise it's a it's it's a bunch of good, well. It's it's mostly good. The legs are kind of bad.
1: The legs are terrible. Again, I I feel like he starts – I think he loves Cable. I think he starts with Cable's face. Probably. Does a really good job on it because this is a good Cable face. And then he kind of works his way down.
0: The upper bodies of Cannonball and Boom Boom are good. They've both got fists and they're making like poses, which Mm. I'm fine with. It's kind of cheesy, but that's okay. I think Cannonball's collar is
1: kind of ridiculous, but – from a, I guess, from a drawing perspective, I can definitely tell they're they're uh, lapels rather. Yeah, but um, it's silly.
0: Feral just seems like she's there, which in no connection to the, any of the others. And and then we get a, uh, an exclamation mark, which is cool. Like he's still playing with panels, which I like. Mm, I didn't even mm. notice that. But yeah, that's he, a good one. exclamation mark, which is the 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 top half, is filled with cables head, which is a great drawing. Mm-hmm. Bottom half is filled with Mask's head, which is an okay drawing. <laughs> and that's neat.
1: You're a walking autopsy. End of story. Give it your best shot, one eye.
0: Which is, you know, not even talking about the dialogue of this issue. It is universally terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is just kind of badass buffoonery mm-hmm. in the worst possible way.
1: So yeah, that then takes us to uh Toad getting shot in the back, which we mentioned before, and is Shatterstar Shooting to kill or is he shooting to stun?
0: We don't know. Yeah. We got to assume that Toad is dead at this point, but probably not.
1: I mean, I thought that was kind of like the whole thing with Excalibur is like no prisoners, no choices. We we do what's right, period.
0: I mean, Cable has already attempted to kill Black Tom in Cold Blood. Right, right. Um, Shatterstar, no, Shatter, somebody's fighting Blob.
1: Oh, we don't even see Blob. It's that's done off-panel.
0: Yeah, and he's like,
1: "Blob, you're too fat. You should go on diet." And,
0: and I remember that Blob and Pyro were formerly members of uh, the the Freedom
1: Freedom Force.
0: And I was like, "What happened to Freedom Force?" They, guess, they, uh,
1: in some of the side stories, not even in the pages of X Factor. Um, it all disintegrated. We've we've covered the disintegration of Freedom Force. There was never in my recollection there's never a, an issue or a side story where it's like i guess we're fired from freedom force and now we're gonna be the old the, the new brotherhood it was just kind of like mentioned like oh the whole government gig didn't work didn't it pyro no it didn't blob let's go do this evil thing <laughs>
0: okay uh that racks with my memories as well uh yeah I guess blob just blob and and pyro are just sort of stated at some point as being in the Toad's New Brotherhood of Evil Needs. This is not a good drawing of Shatterstar uh, having shot Toad in the back. There's a lot going on with his thighs that don't make any sense.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to find that blob panel. Um, I don't know if I'm going to find it here. Oh, here we go. Um, It's, I guess, uh, uh, Jamie was blob oh yeah yeah he's completely off panel it's on page uh, eight he says blob have you thought of going on the slim fast diet and that's right after the exclamation point um uh, panel and then a little later on he says uh mind if i join you two blob tumbled into a ravine it's going to take a few hours a few months for the lard butt to climb back out so i think rob Liefeld forgot to put blob in this issue and fabian de is like uh, blob was here hmm what am i gonna do yeah, we maybe. never see him.
0: <laughs> it's true.
1: Uh, and does Cable kill this person? Saint? Uh, no, he he doesn't. He fires a gun at the Mass Oracle, or what's her name?
0: Fantasia.
1: Fantasia, uh, and apparently her power is to like absorb things in her chest. So he shoots at her, and there's like cannonball mark. 945 follow my tracer burst so he flies in and she repels him so he's wounded off panel
0: well he's wounded and then he shows up in another couple of pages and he's fine
1: well you see boom boom's like um sam are you okay he's he's not breathing i can't see him is he dead
0: they're fighting in the dark it should be noted um and we do get some neat kind of uh inked like silhouettes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is uh, Rob Liesfeld's Like, I gotta get this thing done. Here's some outlines. Um, lights are off, guys.
0: Probably, but I I kind of like it. It's it, it's different.
1: It's not it's bad. Yeah. Enough.
0: You just see, you see silhouettes wearing pouches, and you see kind of the details of the face in everybody. So you just see mostly just lips and eyes, and it does reek of laziness, but it's also kind of neat. So
1: Thorn's little little face piece or whatever you want to call that uh, doesn't have like all of the lines on it. So it definitely looks sketch like a sketch because every other panel that she's in, there's much like Shatterstar's leather face piece. There's lines on it and stuff, but whatever. It's fine.
0: We get uh, Farrell's name is Maria. Thorn's
1: name is Alicia or Alicia. Something like that. Lucia. Lucia. Oh, Lucia. That's it. Um, I think uh, Thorn Wounds Feral He's going to go Choker. Then we flip over to uh, Sauron. He's fine. So I don't think he got stabbed. He's not bleeding. He's flying around. He runs into like a cave thing.
0: He's, I don't know, prepping or something. He kind of looks like the Grinch in this panel, panel where Cannonball is approaching him.
1: He also says, like, if I'm ever to survive, to thrive over those who roll this mud ball sphere, I must eliminate them from the face of the earth one by bloody one. Starting with the pup coming towards me now. So Fabian Nassisi is kind of inventing uh, a character arc for Sauron of, like, he's going to take over the world now. By murdering everybody. By murdering literally everybody, starting with Cannonball, who's fine now, by the way. He's he's okay. He's flying in.
0: I mean, he's a little, he's a little off because he's like— ah, uh, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm I'm not sure if I'm un, invulnerable or not. At which point, like... So here, he, he thinks to himself, Soren up ahead and my blast field, keeps kicking in and out. What did, Fantasia, what did Fantasia do to me? Should I go into this fight if I ain't invulnerable? The answer is, of course, no. You don't have to do this. So it's just like so it's just sitting there.
1: <laughs> Suck it up, Guthrie.
0: Concentrate and hope your field hit. Yeah. So to uh, me, this panel
1: kind of... Makes everything that Boom Boom said earlier, like, unnecessary.
0: Right. And, and, and here's another example of not seeing what happens. We get this panel of mostly text. Arg, uh We see on the left side of this tiny little panel, Sauron's mouth and arm. Uh-huh. Not his wing, somehow.
1: Which panel? Uh, are you looking at the second panel?
0: Looking at the red panel.
1: Yeah, yep. I don't know what's happening here.
0: Uh, we have no idea what's happening here. Um, I'm assuming that's cannonball in the foreground, but, I, but I couldn't tell you what part of him, uh, yeah, we just hear arg. So no idea what happens, but then we cut to a panel where, uh, now Sauron has a claw coming out of his hand somehow. Uh, oh yeah. He, oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. He stabs. It's like the tip of his wing, but somehow without a wing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I, what is this? It's,
1: where did this come from? You know, toad evolved, so now can soar on.
0: But like, from just from a perspective of like, where is this? (laughs) I don't know, Adam. So I'm guessing his fist turned into a a spike. Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of makes sense. But my, he says, my taloned wings can cleave your flesh and bone to the core of your worthless being. So I guess he's stabbing him with his wing. But this panel doesn't really show that?
1: I don't know. It talons to me kind of mean like little 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 spiky claws at the edge of your wings, but this thing is like three feet long. But Sam, oh God, jeez, God, Sam! He's not breathing, he's not moving. Cable God, he's dead.
0: And then the issue ends, and I was like, wow, that was a short issue. Next shucks and secrets, secrets and shucks. You're not gonna believe it. And then I think next issue is a flashback, so I don't yeah. think there are actually any secrets or shocks. Yeah. But maybe that's where we get revealed that cables from the future. I forget. I don't know. Uh, and so we head over to another story. Side quest from uh, a dude.
1: Have we seen this dude before?
0: Yeah, this is uh, Weapon X, the new Weapon X. You saw him in issue two. Okay.
1: I couldn't um, remember if this was the same guy from Issue 2 or not, but...
0: Uh, yep, his name is. He fought Deadpool.
1: Yeah. It's a side quest. There's a lot of thinking. He's <clears throat> running around, breaking into a cabin, beating up a bunch of Hydra-looking guys. We don't know why. Or who these guys are. I don't think they're actually Hydra.
0: And then he gets attacked by a couple of guys from the Mutant Liberation Front.
1: No, So these guys must be like Mutant Liberation Front goons. I guess. Or... Maybe Mutant Liberation Front was here to do something else.
0: No idea what any of this is about or if it's actually going anywhere. Um.
1: So we get uh, three names. We get uh, Forearm. He's a guy that has four arms. (laughs) We get Sumo. He's a (laughs) a Sumo-looking guy. And then we get uh, Wildside. Have we seen Wildside before? before? We have? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys... I think are going to be lifted, most of them anyways, uh, into whatever comic he comes up with that
0: image. Probably.
1: Or Wild Side, the the design of Wild Side. I don't know. These guys all look the same to me.
0: The only thing that was kind of interesting is he thinks to himself at some point, up close and personal, smell the sweat and bad breath, as the old man used to say, which Mm -hmm. people literally said earlier in the issue. So I thought that was a nice touch, showing that this guy... If you didn't know already, this guy knows Cable, which is I think what issue two also revealed that. So it's not new information for anybody who's been paying attention, but it was a nice touch that Cable says something and then this guy says, as the old man used to say. So there's a good way of giving a detail without explaining the detail. I applaud you, Fabian, for that.
1: It was fine.
0: The rest of it is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Rob is not on the next issue, so maybe it'll be great.
1: Yeah, I think he's. Well, we'll get there when we get there. But I think he does breakdowns, and that's whatever that is. Anyhow,
0: uh, New Warriors number twenty. We could talk about Rico's in this. That's it. Do we need to say anything else? I, I don't know. We where we left off last issue. Uh, he they were fighting Gideon, and as we guessed, Gideon is not in this issue. Not at all. Um, oh, I did have one question. The guys that Mariko is facing off against are those the guys from Excalibur or uh, X Factor?
1: Oh man, what page is that even on?
0: The the uh, Will sportatio issues where Iceman and Opal go to Japan.
1: I don't remember. They didn't look familiar to me when they showed up. I think up.
0: these are the the Cyber Samurai. I think they're connected to the the Ninja Clan that Mariko was up against in those pages of X-Factor. So I think this is sort of a connection to that. But I don't recognize any of these people. But the their, their costumes just looked vaguely familiar. I don't remember.
1: Marvel boy gets beaten up by his dad and then maybe kills his dad. That's a thing that happens that was interesting. And then Thrasher's like, I'm done. New Warriors are over.
0: He quits. He quits. Because okay. the whole reason they're doing this is because they have information and they're trying to dig into – His Thrasher's company uh, have some dark dealings, and they're trying to get to the bottom of that. Mariko says, I'll give you all the information you want if you go fight my enemies. And so they do. Yep. And then they discover some cocaine. Heroin. Heroin. And um, the bad guys say, well, look, we'll give you all the information if you just walk away. And New Warriors are like, we just discovered heroin. We don't want to walk away. And Night Thrasher's like, nope, we're walking away. Somebody, I think,
1: destroys the heroin.
0: The whole reason we came here is because uh, we came for this information. And so they argue. And Nightcrawler's like, or uh, Nightcrawler, Night Thrasher's like, you know what? If you guys don't agree with me, I'm out. And so was all of, so New Warriors was falling apart, Night Thrasher
1: Thrasher quits, Marvel Boy is under arrest because of his deadly telekinetic powers, Uh, and Mariko was in there for, I don't know, one panel, two panels?
0: Yeah. So, who cares?
1: Moving on. Namor, number 23.
0: So, uh, Plant Man is in this issue.
1: I was, is this, this is the same Plant Man, isn't it?
0: This is the same Plant Man, but he just wears a uh, suit now.
1: Mostly an Iron Fist uh, issue.
0: Yeah, it, none of the issue matters except no. for the last two pages. We see that Plant Man and some sort of plant creatures are have taken control of Wolverine, which we've been sort of building up to.
1: I don't know if this is like, oh, he's un- got a control. He'll kill anybody. But now he's going to be our greatest weapon. And then we get a close-up of a naked
0: Wolverine with his claws out. If you notice, there's a plant sticking out of Wolverine's back.
1: Oh, yes. Yep. So he's being puppeteered.
0: He's being puppeteered by the plant guy who is working with Plant Man.
1: So I'm sure Namor 24 is going to be super exciting.
0: Oh, uh, also, the other thing that I thought was interesting in X-Force number seven. Sorry. I I forgot forgot something. So Maria and Lucida uh, speak Spanish, so I never had thought that Feral was Spanish.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But that's that's kind of a nice twist.
1: Maybe she's not Spanish, maybe she just knows Spanish.
0: I don't know, Maria and Lucida are very uh Spanish-sounding Spanish sounding names. It could go either way for sure, but I think I think the uh the Fabian is pointing to the fact that they are Spanish. I that's probably what's happening here. Um oh, a, a side note, I also read Guardians of the Galaxy 21 and we're not going to cover it and you I didn't even tell Jeremy about this. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that uh Rancor's back, and she's looking for Wolverine, so we might end up covering a later issue. Who's Rancor? Rancor is Wolverine's daughter. Oh. We covered the three-issue mutants thing with her in it. (laughs) Do you remember that? Nope. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's in the future, and they're in the future of Madripoor, and that was kind of fun. Okay. That's all I have to say about that.
1: All right. Good stuff. Hulk 390 was – I just kind of thumbed through it. Hulk's like all – uh, he's got bullets and guns and he's basically like, he's like Rambo Hulk. It's kind of neat.
0: Hulk point is Bruce Banner and Hulk
1: combined. Right. He's super smart. He's got little tiny reading glasses. He's basically Dave Batista before Dave Batista. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, He saves the day from some robot-y things or whatever, but then the government's like, we got to do something about Hulk. And then, this mustachioed guy is like, "I've called some people. they're on their way,
0: yeah, the CIA is working together with this country, and the the leaders of the country are uh how do you say uh not good to their people, so Hulk and the pantheon come in to help free the people from the tyranny of the leaders, but the CIA is in cohorts with the leaders, so they are bringing in x-factor we get our cameo of x-factor at the end of this issue it's cute and presumably we're going to see more of this in the next issue
1: we see the x-factor plane we see guido in the foreground he's he's doing some cross stitch with his bunny slippers on
0: he's got bunny slippers which match hulk's bunny slippers from earlier in the movie
1: oh the issue right because uh what's his face his buddy what's his buddy's name
0: uh rick jones rick jones
1: gives him some bunny slippers
0: that uh, his wife picked up for him.
1: Yeah, Val's on her computer. She's got a coffee mug that says Val. That's that's a thing. That's kind
0: of funny. <laughs> that's that seems kind of uh, appropriate. <laughs>
1: um, Alex has got a suit on. It looks like he's staring out the window. Lorna is reading. I don't know the in-flight magazine, maybe or the safety guide. And then in the background, you've got Quicksilver watching as it looks like maybe two multiple mans play cards with. Who's that person with the Wolverine hair? Rain. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. That's everybody.
0: I'm assuming Quicksilver just came out of the bathroom or something.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: Or he's quipping.
1: And so then Marvel Comics number 87
0: Switching Apps.
1: Did you did you not did we already talk about uh the the Wolverine story?
0: Uh no, we haven't. Yeah. That
1: um uh, We've been talking about whether or not this was going to continue to be interesting, and I'm just going to say it. It's continuing to be interesting.
0: Well, that's good. Um, did you read it? <laughs> I did read it. I don't remember any of it, though. I have to. I'm, I'm opening the app now. So Wolverine, is he's been wounded,
1: I believe, by cyber, and he's, his guts are spilling out, and he's trying to climb up this hill, and he's hes like, got to keep myself together. Um, Cyber breaks into Tiger Tiger's apartment and they're they're going to sit down and have some tea and have a conversation. But meanwhile, Wolverine kind of goes into like this dream state where he's at like a 50s cafe. Um, He's sitting in like this um, pink Cadillac booth with a girl. And he's like, oh, the girls like me. And he snaps his finger and all these ladies show up. And this girl's like, oh, well, I'm not interested. And he's like, everybody's interested in me. This is basically a dream sequence. Um, He's either maybe been poisoned by cyber or as he's recuperating, he's just having like a fever dream.
0: That's kind of neat. Cyber talks to um, Tiger Tiger Mm -hmm. and he says that he is selling some sort of hallucinogenic, very powerful, distorts your past and alters your present and future more than just a recreational drug judiciously placed. It can put, Someone in a tremendous position of power, um, and he's proposing that she use it to take over Madripoor over the prince. But uh, I'm assuming that's the drug that Wolverine is on right now.
1: Yes, uh, she says. What did you say your name was? He says, "Nice tea," and that's kind of how it ends. Uh, so presumably, this is the this is why Wolverine's having this weird dream. But I just like. The designs, the colors, the layouts—this
0: um. is like Sam Keith's strong stuff. Like he, if you've ever read the Mac, the Max, mm-hmm. there's all this trippy, weird stuff, and that's kind of what he excels at. And this is that. Okay, I've never read the Max. It's a lot of fun. I mean, this is a lot of fun. Max is also a lot of fun, but you could also just watch the uh, HBO show which was i think a short run show but it's pretty accurate to what's in the comic really and it's uh it does the sam keith art pretty well okay and i don't know if, if it's easily available but everything is acquirable
1: right everything is acquirable um and that takes us to the firestorm story
0: so this is part six of eight, but I guess they got tired of this because now it's just part six of six.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, um, this this definitely ends the the story. Um, I tried reading it. Um, all I got out of it was that Firestorm needed to die and they came to a mutual decision where they could fabricate a scenario in which she dies, but she stays alive and she can be with her father. I don't which,
0: know all just seems because spiral wants to kill firestorm and fire firestorm firestar 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 i'm saying the wrong name i i'm saying the wrong name too (laughs) firestorm is a dc character uh firestar is like spiral wants to kill firestar and i guess the implication is that mystique can't get her people under control
1: sure this is before this seems to be May Well this is uh Destiny's here, so this is there's still Freedom Force.
0: Yeah, this is well before Destiny died. Yep. Um this is well before Firestar joined the new warriors, and there's a bunch of references to the new warriors. It's like, boy, I sure hope Firestar finds a good team of warriors to hang out with. (laughs) Right. It's pretty stupid.
1: So there you go. I I don't know. This is a little backstory of
0: Firestar that it took place a long time ago mm-hmm. it's coming out now for some reason somebody somebody had this in their back pocket or this was a story that was written that they just ran out of material and were like oh here we go here's the place for it
1: the beast story here is it's also not bad I, I think I mentioned last time around that I've I'd, I'd been digging it um, so he now he's fighting constrictor uh, a lot of fighting in this issue a lot of back and forth a lot of dialogue um, I don't know that we need to cover it in too much depth
0: the good kind of quipping,
1: yes. Constrictor's been hired by somebody uh, to take out Beast, and it turns out that it it it's the um, what's his name the the ape man.
0: Oh yeah, that guy, <laughs> uh,
1: the living ape. The
0: yeah, so there's like an old Fantastic Four villain who is uh, the red the red something red gorilla, the leader of the super apes, right. Uh the Red Ghost.
1: Red, okay, and uh, he's old now, and he looks decrepit. Beast, as throughout the fight, he's like, "Oh my gosh, is that the is that the guy that used to lead the Super Apes?" Man, he's really old right now. And mm-hmm. later on in the fight, it's revealed that Constrictor was hired by that guy, the Red Ghost, to to take out Beast. I don't know, to kill Beast for some reason, or maybe to take out the lady. And maybe Beast because got Beast out of the way.
0: Is- is coming to Belgium for some reason. Well, we know he's coming to Belgium because he's tracking down this lady, Mm -hmm. uh, his childhood, but maybe they want to take out this lady. So they need to take out beast first. Uh, she does finally, after this whole fight thing, beast locks up constrictor and they, he goes, puts on a tux, goes down to the, uh, I guess the casual meet and greet before the actual conference. And, uh, They bump into each other, and she says, no, I don't believe we've ever met. Yeah,
1: throughout the whole thing, Beast has been like, oh, I wonder if she'll remember me, and he kind of makes up this whole story of like, oh, it was was this professor guy, and he's just kind of creating different scenarios, Uh, and then be like, ah, it's crazy, none of this is going to work out. Maybe I shouldn't have even come, and then they finally come face-to-face, and sure enough, she's like, oh, we had never met before. But then uh, the super apes barge in and take Jennifer away.
0: And knock... Looks like, out looks like he's still he's still up, so he'll probably get up. But, yeah, he's been zapped with some sort of orangutan electricity.
1: Yeah, he falls to the ground. Um, he, He'll be back. He'll, he's fine.
0: OK, good. He's not, <laughs> dead. he's not dead. OK.
1: And that was that's that. Um, I think that takes us now what to. Uh,
0: Hearts of Darkness, Uh a graphic novel featuring Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Punisher, Um. So at the time this came out, I was buying everything that Ghost Rider was in. So I, of course, picked this up.
1: I have this for sure. I might have two. I don't remember. I think I was also, I don't know, just it's the team up Ghost Rider Wolverine Punisher. So this this was, I think, a speculation purchase. I'm going to buy this. This is going to be worth something at some point. It's got all those three guys, man. And it was one of those prestige format ones. So kind of like a cardboardy feeling cover, uh glossy paper, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't remember actually reading this. I, I vaguely remember this Blackheart character, um, but
0: I definitely remember reading it because at the time there was all this talk about was, was Ghost Rider the same Ghost Rider as, the previous ghost rider, Johnny Blaze. Oh, really? The Demon Zarathos. And it was it was this mythology that they were building in issues of Ghost Rider where Mephisto mm-hmm. assumed that Ghost Rider was Zarathos, but they were kind of slowly pulling away from that to reveal that he in fact this is a different Ghost Rider. This is not Zarathos. So this this
1: seems to have consequence for Ghost Rider. Like yes. In the continuity of Ghost Rider, this story matters, it seems. Kind of. Yeah. Okay.
0: And and I'm, it's written by Howard Mackey, who was writing Ghostwriter at the time, so that's not surprising.
1: Uh, Wolverine, nothing of any consequence happens to Wolverine and Punisher. They are here. They help. Um, yeah. There's a neat little story around uh, this little girl that's in this town that they all arrive in, and basically they're trying to save
0: her as well as the town. This is uh, this is penciled and, and whatever by John Romita Jr., who is was just got off a run of Daredevil, where he also introduced these characters, Blackheart and his version of Mephisto, which is very different from the traditional Marvel Mephisto. Okay. He's this giant kind of weird looking creepy dude.
1: I was going to say, they, I mean, they, they depict him. And I'm like, that's not Mephisto. Mephisto, I know. It's the Mephisto I saw in Secret Wars 2.
0: Right. This, this is a uh,
1: demon looking guy. This
0: is just another version of John Romita Jr. just for for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. John Romita Jr. and Anne decided to draw uh, Mephisto differently. And I think it's a lot fine. of people complained about it, And but I like it. I think it's cool. Oh, yeah. I, it I, doesn't I, have to be one way or the other.
1: I, yeah, I feel like if you're going to do what I think they would do with
0: Mephisto, then Mephisto can look like whatever he wants to. Right. Right. So uh, this art style is not for everybody, but I, in <laughs> fact... John Romita Jr. would bring this art style to the X-Men soon, and I don't recall liking this for the X-Men,
1: no. but
0: here, I like it.
1: Yeah, I thought this art was fine.
0: Daredevil, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, so somebody, and it turns out to be Blackheart, calls Punisher, Ghost Rider and uh, Wolverine to this little town called Christ's Crown. Yep. And they all meet this little girl. This little girl intuitively knows that they're all good so they kind of like the little girl. Um, Then Blackheart mind wipes all the people of the town except for the little girl, who's the only pure innocent person, so he kidnaps her, steals Ghost Rider's bike.
1: There's a fun panel. Um, After the three heroes get their vision of Blackheart, they spring into action because they hear all the commotion, uh, and Wolverine's doing a 90-style foot slide down the the railing. Oh, (laughs) I, I love that. It's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the other characters are running down the stairs.
0: Yeah. I mean it, it is it's super silly, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just looking at the panel is like, oh, this is cool.
1: It's it's nineties at, at at its utmost.
0: We learned that Ghost Rider can make a or Ghost Rider can make a bike out of anything, which is a new thing for Ghost Rider. That's
1: what I was gonna say. So this has consequence because leading into this issue, uh my understanding anyways, is that he can only transform into Ghost Rider. And he's also having there's a theme here around heroes going too close to the edge, maybe even crossing the edge. Which is totally 90s. Right. And, um,
0: and so, so you, got, you got Wolverine, you got Punisher, you got Ghost Rider, exactly. and all of the darker heroes of the 90s. Exactly.
1: And uh, Ghost, or Dan Ketch here, that's his name, right? Yeah. He's like, does Ghost Rider go too far? Do I got to maintain control? I don't know. But when the chips are down, he's like, I need to turn into Ghost Rider. Oh, where's my motorcycle? But then eventually he finds a motorcycle and just turns into Ghost Rider, which is fine. You know, that that's good. Good character growth.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's an evolution for Ghost Rider. And uh, they all go down to hell.
1: Well, Wolverine at one point is like, hey, Punisher, you got wheels? I want to ride. Which led me to wonder, how did Wolverine
0: get here? Does he not have wheels? I'm assuming he drove a motorcycle because that's mm. Wolverine does, but.
1: It'd have been super clever if uh, Danny Ketch had stolen Wolverine's motorcycle.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool.
1: There's also another panel where Wolverine sticks his arm straight in the air, which is kind of funny. When Blackheart has uh, Lucy, the little girl, we see. Yes, Dan, I didn't. It's that. Dan Ketch is like, Lucy! And then Wolverine sticks his arm straight in the air and just goes snicked! And it's, <laughs> it's kind of cheesy.
0: Well, I mean, he, he's surrounded by people. So if he wants to pop his claws, he can't do it in the crowd. He's
1: he's he's they're at the back of the crowd because part of this is like you're at the back of the crowd. If you want to get this pure, uncorrupted soul, then you guys are gonna have to kill your way through this crowd to get up here. Um, So that's what they're trying to show. I just feel like this could have been better without the claws. Wolverine could just be like, no, and have his arms up in the air.
0: It's very silly. Whatever, it's fine. It stands out, but you know, it's a cheesy comic book. Um so they go to hell and uh Mephisto steps in and says "Hey kid, cut it out."
1: Yeah, cuz <laughs> Blackheart is Mephisto's kid and yeah.
0: They they I mean, uh Punisher Ghost Rider, well Ghost Rider doesn't really do anything uh at first. Punisher and uh, Wolverine essentially kill Blackheart by shooting him into pieces, cutting him into pieces. Mm-hmm. Mephisto shows up, collects the pieces and eats it and says Ah, oh, what a good boy! He did exactly what I was hoping to, and now Ghost Rider will meet again. And he kicks the other two out, and yeah, so they're all they're all at the end of this at the top of a hill. It, it kind of is anticlimactic, I guess. I mean, this whole story is leading up to the the fight, and then there really isn't a fight. Punisher says, "All this talk about us being
1: close to the edge. What do you really think?" Ghost Rider says, "It doesn't matter if there is an edge." Wolverine says, who knows? Uh, I guess I'm doing it out of sequence. But uh, Ghost Rider continues to say, it doesn't matter if there is an edge or if we occasionally cross it. As long as we, as long as long the innocent are protected, our cause is just. But then we see a rose that looks like it's dying. So, I don't know. It's kind of a mixed message ending, in my opinion. But,
0: which I think is probably what they were going for.
1: Yeah. I don't know about crossing that, that edge if innocents are protected. I, I would assume that... Crossing the edge means that maybe some innocents get hurt or killed in the crossfire for the greater good, but I see what they're going for. It's supposed to be sort of a question your morality and your ethics in the name of what's good. Um, All that being said, uh, I think you're spot on with the artwork. I think it works in this format. Um, It's one of the things—who did did God Loves Man Kill's? I don't oh, recall. I'm gonna look it up. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it was. It was uh, Brent Anderson. And so, no. Brent Anderson. He's not a, um, you know, Silvestri or Byrne or whatever. He's got a very different art style. And I think his art style in the pages of X Men. And I think he actually draws some X Men at some point. I would probably be like, "Ooh, this isn't good artwork." But somehow with that that prestige format, the glossy color. It kind of creates maybe like a dreamlike scenario. And same thing with John Ramita Jr. here. Um, it works for this story. It works for this format. I'm going to guess because I don't remember. Like when he takes over the X-Men, I'm probably also going to be like, <laughs> but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, I've grown. I've grown as a human.
1: Same here. Same here. So I'm not going <laughs> to so, prejudge. Yeah,
0: maybe I'll like it again. Uh Yeah. This
1: was good. Um, I'm gonna guess that when we bought this back in the day, um, I probably didn't like the artwork
0: because I was I was shallow. I would probably agree with that. Uh, you were pretty shallow. No, <laughs> I mean, uh, I also would have not enjoyed this artwork. Although I did like the Sam Keith stuff in in Marvel Comics Presents, I thought I always thought that was cool. So maybe
1: I dropped off. I think way earlier in Marvel comics presents than you did. I think I hung in there for a little bit of Sam Keith. Maybe I finished this story. I don't remember. Uh, but I think it was, it was too weird and different um, for me to, to like, but now looking like I really like this style and it really works. Yeah. Me. At least in this story, we'll see how it, cause he, he takes over for quite a while. Doesn't he?
0: Uh, I
1: think Sam Keith
0: does a Ghost writer story after this, which is he hasn't, probably I stuck to it. I thought he continued doing Wolverine stories. I don't think so. Okay, I think the art gets really bad in oh. Marvel Comics Presents for a while. And then I think in issue 100, Sam Keith comes back and maybe just starts doing all the covers. I can't mm. remember. He definitely does the covers for issue 100. Okay. Well. Because now there are two covers and it becomes – Ghost Rider and Wolverine's Marvel Comic Presents. So we always get a Wolverine story, and we always get a Ghost Rider story. So, of course, I had to collect it.
1: I might shoot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I don't remember, but I might have also
0: uh, continued buying those as well. You probably had issue 100. Probably. was the speculative collector's edition. Yeah. Ooh.
1: I have a spreadsheet from 2013 in which I had cataloged all of my comics all the way up to... 2013 so let's see oh no i bailed out at issue 90. oh okay yeah i should share this uh it's a uh, google sheet i should share it with you of it it would be accurate up until 2013 i don't know if i bought comics since 2013.
0: and so this is you in 2013 cataloging everything that you owned?
1: yes like i, I think i spent a few weekends like i have everything i've got the title the issue number, what the issue was called, the variant name—I don't know where I got that information from—and uh, then the publisher. Uh, oh, an imprint? Oh, maybe I—I might have downloaded something to help me because then I've got writers, pencillers, cover wow. artists. There's no—you know what I probably did is I probably went to you know the Marvel comic or co- I probably found Comic Wikis and then copied and pasted all that in because there's no way I opened up every issue and and typed in Barry Windsor Smith, Doug Murray, Daryl Edelman, Robert Campanella for Marvel Comics Presents number 79. But anyways, yeah, I, um, I guess I... Uh, according to my list, uh, as of whatever date I mentioned there, I have 1,229 comic books. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's grown. I feel like there's been... Some garage sales in which I was like,
0: huh, I'll I'll take this. I logged all of my comic books in zap kapow.
1: That's probably the better way to do it.
0: Which is, uh, you don't know what that is. It's a comic price guide. That's a website. It's essentially an app. Um, but it just keeps track of all of your prices for you. So if you're looking for a good price guide, uh, people out there on the internet, zap kapow is pretty good. Um, they have a lifetime membership for 25 bucks. You don't have to worry about anything. If you got 25 bucks, you're you're good. At least that's what it was. It's probably more now cuz everything's been going up.
1: So I I'm going to guess. Yeah, no, I'm not going to guess. I don't have X-Men Uncanny X-Men number 309, but for some reason I have two copies of 310. But I feel like I bought those like years out like in the 2000s i probably bought those because they were cheap and probably at like a half price books where i just bought a bundle of them
0: so you think 308 was your last
1: no because i also don't have 304 and 305 oh okay so man i don't know
0: do you remember buying 300 which i think was like a double-sized hologram cover or something like that i remember the cover of 300 i don't I think it's a John Romita Jr. cover. I think you're right. I don't
1: specifically remember buying it.
0: I um, do. I was still buying then. Shortly thereafter, though, I stopped. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, I can look. Let's go to Zap Kapow. Mm-hmm. Take a look. Looks like I I
1: started buying Wolverine comics at issue 45 and then pulled the plug at 54.
0: That makes sense because you didn't really care, right?
1: <laughs> I was like, ooh. Oh, they're going into the origin. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're going into the origin.
1: I think I just got annoyed and I didn't – I really like you know, what, what um, Larry Hamas doing now, but back then I guess I just didn't care.
0: Probably not. You were collecting a lot of other stuff, so. hmm Were you collecting death clock? Death clock? <laughs> death clock.
1: <laughs> I was. I think I pulled the plug on that one though. Um Deathlock, I stopped at issue 25. Yeah, so a lot of, like, okay, well, we're at 25. That's, that's where I'm going to stop. So this could probably help me determine when I stopped buying. Well, maybe not. I don't remember. Adam, at this point, we are so out of content, we're just looking at our comic book collection. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My first issue of Uncanny is apparently 281. I know I had Extinction Agenda, so I must have sold that at some point and then my i guess i never i must have sold a lot of stuff cuz i don't even have an issue i don't even have issue 300 so never mind
1: <laughs> my oh i so i have bought some comics since um since creating this cuz the earliest issue i have recorded in the spreadsheet is issue number 150 and i know i've gotten some older issues uh, at garage sales and then on ebay i i just wanted i've told this before i wanted one of the Issues that happened before the reprints, and I got the one where they fight the Hulk. It's in terrible condition, mm-hmm. uh, but I just I was like I want this, and uh, probably paid like twelve dollars or something like that for it. Um, so neat. There's I don't have the collection that you have. Um, if I said that there's twelve hundred, I, I bet you I've maybe added two hundred more to the collection. So Let's call it fifteen hundred, and uh, who cares? They're not worth anything
0: yeah and I'm still buying comics, and I probably shouldn't be
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I don't I haven't bought a brand new comic book in a long time.
0: I, I still buy Wolverine. That's the problem is like you you have all the issues and now you have to like keep having all the issues I should just stop
1: I you, don't, just you stop. that's you don't have to do that
0: I know I know I don't.
1: <laughs> that's like saying you know i I started snorting cocaine I, I can't stop.
0: I guess. just wouldn't make sense. (laughs) I guess it's very loosely like saying that in the sense that it is collection, the way that I treat it is definitely an addiction.
1: Or you could treat it like comic book issues of like, well, I'll stop at 25. So you'd be like, I'll stop snorting cocaine when I'm 50, because that's a nice, even number. But like, collecting Wolverine isn't going to kill me in the long run. It might if you run out of money. (laughs) Or if you're going to the comic book store and a bus hits you as you're crossing the street.
0: Whereas cocaine is going to cost me more money and eventually kill me. It'll cost you more money. No evidence that it's going to kill you. Uh, I guess if, if if you get addicted to something, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyways.
0: Um, Candy X-Men 4.10 is where I really started collecting.
1: Oh, really? Again?
0: Yeah, I must have come back and I never got rid of those issues. Wow. And I think those are the the run that we always talk about uh, the dude, Chuck Austin.
1: Oh, yeah. It's
0: the Chuck Austin run.
1: I have a handful of those, but again, those were all, well, no, those were all bought used garage sales and half price locations of like, well, let's see what's happening with the X-Men these days. Oh, I don't like this at all.
0: And I think Chris Claremont comes back.
1: I think I bought that portion of a run on eBay. It was just like Chris Claremont's, I think he only did like, I don't know, 10 issues or something.
0: comes back issue 444, Mm -hmm. and Alan Davis is the artist. Oh. So if we ever make it to that, it could be interesting.
1: Anyways, I bought a a stack of that run, uh, and I read them, and they were were fun. I think it kicks off with a baseball game, but maybe I just made that up.
0: He comes back a couple times, so who knows?
1: Well, let us know about your comic collecting journeys and maybe even how you track your comic books by visiting us at www.xmenpodcast.com going out to facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast you can x us at danger room go or email us the i think preferred method of most listeners danger room at xmenpodcast.com listen and subscribe and leave feedback and stars over at itunes or wherever you subscribe to podcasts Go out and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Danger Room, where we're currently running through X-Men Forever, the continuation of Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's X-Men after issue number three. And our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld.
0: Got anything else, Adam? Next time we do B-sides, I'm going to start my semi-coverage and i and, and i know you're not going to be involved in this because i'm sure you have no interest but i'm going to start my semi-coverage of the avengers crossover that was happening which was what galactic storm or something like that yeah it, its name was based off of uh, yeah,
1: yeah operation galactic storm
0: so it's operation galactic storm
1: yeah
0: and i guess the only reason i'm going to read these is because they have uh like Deathbird and the the whatever the imperial guard she are yeah yeah um i fully expect that you are not going to read them so my coverage of them will be very
1: quick i uh, look forward to hearing all about them through you (laughs) okay (laughs) until next time my name's jeremy my name's adam and the danger room is closed